Today's episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by CS Business Screen. In today's economic climate, it is more important than ever to ensure you partner with the right people. CS Business Screen can help de-risk real estate partnerships by uncovering hidden criminal, civil, financial, and reputational risks. Investigations start as low as $99 and can be turned around in two business days. Avoid getting burned by bad partnerships and use CS Business Screen to get the data you need to make a confident business decision. Receive an exclusive 20% discount on your first investigation by visiting their website at www.csbusinessscreen.com slash cobble. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast. You know, this week I was actually giving a talk at Investor Fuel Cashflow, which is a, a mastermind that travels around the country. Shout out to Corey Peterson and his team at Kahuna Investments. Appreciate you all having me out there. And I decided to give a talk on transitioning from multifamily to commercial real estate. You know, with the economic environment that we are in right now and with where multifamily has been over the last three, five years with cap rates compressing and yields really compressing along with that, you know, I, I just haven't seen the reward on investing in multifamily worth the risk. And, uh, and honestly, the amount of work that you have to put into it to make returns, right? So I've started thinking, <clears throat> you know, how can I, there seems to be this barrier of entry from multifamily to commercial real estate, which has always puzzled me because I kind of came, I came from this background that um, where we worked on apartments, we built apartments, we did townhouses, we did office, retail, industrial, you know, condos, whatever we did it. And so I never thought twice about the difference between the asset classes. So today I want to dive into how you can transition from multifamily to commercial real estate, how it's actually a lot easier than most people think it is. Because if you're already buying multifamily assets, you're actually doing more work than it really takes to do a commercial real estate deal. I mean, if you think about underwriting a 100 unit apartment complex, you could get a 15 to 20 unit you know, shopping center for the exact same probably returns, but definitely price. Um, and do far less work, right? So I'm going to show you guys the ins and outs today. Feel free to jump in um, to the live chat if you're watching us live with any questions that you may have as we're going through this process. But let's go ahead and jump on in. So transitioning from multifamily to commercial. Um, so like I said, commercial real estate is not nearly as complicated as it may seem. If you're already investing in multifamily assets, you have the skill sets for commercial. So don't get discouraged just because commercial real estate seems different. You know, the biggest thing that I have found is that there's just not as much education out there as there is in multifamily, but we'll talk about that. So the similarities between the two property types, when you're evaluating the property value, the location and market trends, it's the same for both, really, right? I mean, you're looking at, is the market growing or dying? Are there people moving there? Is there demand in the market? Are there high vacancy rates? You know, that's all stuff that you want to know. And for the most part, the same investment strategies apply to both, right? You could do ground up development. You could do a fix and flip. I mean, we do plenty of burrs on the commercial side all the time. It's a great strategy to use for commercial properties too. And it works the exact same way as it does in, in well, residential too, but multifamily mostly because you're, you're able to utilize cap rates. Um, we love buying on a price per square foot basis and flipping on a, on a cap rate, right? 
And then due diligence on both property types is nearly identical. We'll talk about some of that here in a second, but you know, you're going to have the property inspected, right? You're going to do a lease review. You're going to bring your property managers in, your brokers in uh, to get their opinions on everything. So let's talk more about understanding commercial real estate. You know, when I first got started back in 2013, there was not a lot of content out there on the industry. You really had to go work for somebody in order to learn anything, right? And now it's it's really starting to change. I mean, you've got a lot of YouTube channels out there that are teaching you different aspects of commercial real estate investing. There are some phenomenal podcasts. Um, as far as YouTube goes, I'm trying to think of other groups that I would recommend. Definitely check out Chad Griffiths. Uh, he's got a great YouTube channel on on industrial real estate. Uh, Jesse Fregali is doing some stuff as well. Uh, he's done some stuff with Bigger Pockets, um, and those are both two really good dudes. I know them personally. Had them on the show not too long ago. Um, and then when it comes to podcasts, same thing, right? I mean, there's there's some really good podcasts out there now. I love CBRE's podcast. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but if you just look up CBRE Commercial Real Estate Podcast, it'll pop up there. Uh, books are pretty good. I, I have found a handful of pretty good books. Honestly, if you just go to Amazon and you search the you know top five commercial real estate books, we've got a, a blog post on our website. If you just search Cobble books, um, there should be a post that pops up uh, that shows you that I think it's the top 10 books that we recommend for anybody getting started in commercial real estate. And the great thing is it covers a wide variety of asset classes. So uh, it's not going to be just office or just industrial. Um, some of them are based on strategy. Some of them are based on just general commercial real estate. They'll give you a lot of information. Um, online courses are, of course, great. I've got one, but there are plenty of them out there. And I've seen them range from $19 up to five dollars or $10,000. You know, what I would say there is just make sure that you know I can trust the person that's giving the class because there are plenty of courses out there that are honestly just straight up scams and money grabs. Uh, in-person meetups are great. That, that is one of the best things that I ever did for my commercial real estate business because I got to network and meet a whole bunch of people that were in the industry. And they got to see, you know, kind of how I operated. I got to see how they operated. And it was, uh, you know, really phenomenal to find mentors, right? And one thing that you'll notice too, it's it's just like multifamily. Like at one point when you were looking at buying apartments, you didn't know how to buy apartments. You didn't know how underwriting worked or anything like that. But you went out there and, and you read some books. Maybe you listened to some podcasts. You found a mentor. It's the exact same for commercial real estate. And now is a better time than ever because I think over the next you know, 12 to 24 months is going to be one of the best buying periods we've had in the last decade. Let's talk about finding deals. So brokers are often your best method here for finding investment opportunities. They are the ones that are pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, doing everything they can to drum up deals because they don't get paid unless a deal closes, right? And so they are highly, highly incentivized to go out and find you opportunities. Um, let's see, Kenny is asking, is the medical condo considered commercial? Kenny, yes, it is. Uh, medical condo is commercial. Um, that's basically office space. I love medical real estate investments because they are one of the, um, I guess, most secure investments you could possibly buy. Banks love them. Banks absolutely love them. So it's it's much easier to get financing on them. And also, you know, doctors tend to not move, right? They're going to stay there typically at least till they decide to retire unless there's some big reason for them to move. And even then they'll sell the practice to somebody else who will continue to stay there because the patients are so used to coming there. And uh, so they, they don't really like to 
change anything. So yeah, I, I love medical, medical office space. Um, but you know, like, uh, for example, I've got a team of commercial real estate brokers. Most of y'all know that I started off as a commercial real estate broker. So I know exactly what it's like to be the boots on the ground going out there knocking on doors and finding deals. And often that is the best way to do it. So if you don't have the time to do that yourself, just find a commercial real estate broker to do it. They get paid by the seller upon the close of the deal. And they'll be able to go out and help you underwrite, help you, you know, walk through what the strategy could be, walk through what the uh, potential tenants that could lease it from you could be. And they could also possibly lease it for you, right? So they can really be, you know, I like to refer to them as your outside real estate department. They handle a lot of the stuff. Um, but you should also think through who else you could send, who else could send you deals, right? So think attorneys, CPAs, people that are trusted advisors of property owners, because they know that these properties are coming available before the market does typically before brokers do. Because these attorneys and CPAs and you know, whomever else is out there, they are advising their owners, their clients on what to do with their assets as well. So we've gotten plenty of deals through through those vendors. Um, because they're and they're honestly just phenomenal sources, especially if you are intentional, build good relationships with them. And then, you know, you're staying on top of that. Direct mail is also a strong method for finding deals. And what I've found is that in the in the world of commercial real estate, a lot of uh, investors do not take advantage of direct mail, you might be used to that in the multifamily, you know, single family apartment world, because everybody does it, right? But hardly anybody does it in the commercial world. So think about that. I mean, if you're out there looking for deals in commercial real estate, and your best method is using direct mail, maybe that's just the way that you like to operate, or you've already got those systems set up, you're going to crush it in commercial real estate, because they're not getting direct mail from anybody else. I mean, I don't get any direct mail on my properties. Um, we own about 2.1 million square feet. I don't think I've ever gotten a single letter from somebody saying, Hey, do you want to sell your property? I get text messages, which is so annoying. Um, but those are always from people that think that my commercial properties are residential. So uh, just food for thought. Here's a 2200 square foot deal in Nashville that I bought back in August of 2020. That we found through direct mail. It was, you know, not a big deal. But still, pretty good one. We bought it for $430,000. Um, it's uh, here in East Nashville. We signed a lease before closing because I got my brokers working on it. And we ended up finding a tenant before we got done. And because of that lease being signed, it appraised for $650,000. I mean, think about that. You're, you basically don't have to bring any equity to the table. Now, of course, every commercial lender is going to want you to bring cash to the table anyway. So we did. But day one, we increased the property value by over 50%. It's tough to do that in, in you know, single family or apartments. And again, I know it's a small deal, but I'm going to get to that too. Let's talk about due diligence. So when you're going through due diligence, let's say you found a property, you've put it under contract, or you're looking at putting it under contract, loop in your team of professionals. And you may want to talk to them before you get into this sector, because you know, you might have an attorney that is great with apartments, but they might not know commercial real estate as well. So it's worth having that conversation with them. But bring in your brokers, your managers, your attorneys, whomever, and have them look at the deal with you. They will give you plenty of guidance along the way, especially if it's your first deal, because they're all in this for the long haul, right? I mean, the more deals you do, the more they're going to get paid to help you. So they want to make sure this first one works. 
Now, lease review is a bit more intense in apartment and not in commercial, not apartment complexes. It's a bit more intense in commercial because almost every single commercial lease for every property that I have ever seen is different. And it's because all of the leases are catered to the specific owner, the specific property and the specific tenant. So there's a lot that's negotiated there, right? You know, in the multifamily world, you're typically accustomed to using the local apartment associations standard lease form, um, which, you know, there are some, you know, real estate commission commercial leases out there. I'll tell you this though, nobody really uses those unless they're unsophisticated because it does not cover what you need it to cover. Uh, let's see. Kenny's asking what cap rate should we aim for on a medical condo? I mean, Kenny, I'd go for a hundred percent cap rate or, or higher if you can, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. I mean, it depends on what your, your appetite for risk is and, and what the deal is. You know, you could get a really good medical condo for a 4% cap rate. It's not going to give you a lot of cash on cash returns, but you know, that tenant might be incredibly stable and, you know, corporate with a thousand locations. Uh, whereas, you know, if you're looking for more of a value add opportunity, maybe you go for seven or 8%. But right now, I mean, you know, we're not doing anything under an eight or 9% cap rate because it is really tough to make the numbers work unless you're just paying all cash and you have a 1031 exchange. It's a, it's a very weird market out there. So, um, you know, the attorneys will help you with the lease review. And I'm about to show you all a lease abstract, which is what an attorney will give you once they have reviewed all of the leases. Um, but you know, we'll get to that here in a second. So determine your project strategy for renovations, lease up and exit during the due diligence, very similar to multifamily. You know, you're going to know going into it, like, Hey, there's 20% vacancy here. The shopping center looks a little old and tired. Let's paint it up. We'll put new signage on it. We'll re, you know, uh, seal and stripe the, the parking lot and we'll, you know, sign two new leases and then we'll, you know, flip it to the next guy. So this is what's called a lease abstract. And if you're listening on the podcast, I apologize, you can't see this, but it basically looks like a rent roll where the attorneys have come in here and they've put in the tenant's name, the lease expiration, the landlord termination options, if they exist, relocation options, the lease uh, commencement date, the term of the lease, your renewal options, square feet, rate per square foot, fixed base annual rent, fixed base monthly rent, rent abatements, deposit, rent deferrals, tenant termination options. You can see that it gets pretty intense. Right. But the whole point of this is so that you can look at it and go, okay, this is a little more in depth than a rent roll, but I know exactly what is going on with all of these tenants. Right. So, you know, under tenant number three right here, it says, yes, the landlord does have a termination option. There's a redevelopment clause in that lease, which means if the landlord decides to redevelop the, the space, tenants got to move. Um, you can see here under tenant number three as well, you know, they're paying $41,600 a year in base rent. They've got a $4,100 deposit. Uh, it just makes it so much easier when you're going through this process um, to have an attorney put all of this together for you. So they're going to review the leases. They will call out anything that is of note in here as well. Um, I did cut this out for the video, but there's a section that has notes. So if there's anything that's strange in the lease that needs to come to your attention, they will make sure that you see that. Let's see. Chi Chi is saying, I'm just joining. Do you have to get a license to do commercial real estate investment or can one get like a, a commercial real estate certificate from say Cornell University to understand the process? Um, so no, you don't have to have a commercial real estate license, just like multifamily investment. Um, it, you could always get one, of course, right? I mean, I've got mine, uh, but I started off as a commercial real estate broker. There are pros and cons to having your license as an investor. 
Um, sometimes it can make it a little more complicated because you have certain um, standards that you have to hold yourself to, which I think are good. And honestly, every investor should have that. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's not a requirement. I think Cornell does have a pretty good online program um, that could work and teach you the ins and outs of the process. And there are several other universities. I think we did a we did a blog post here recently on you know the top online commercial real estate courses. If you want to check that out, just search Tyler Cobble um, online. You know best commercial real estate courses online. And I, I forgot who all was on it, but I think Columbia University had one, and we we showed one from. Oh gosh, of course I'm going to forget what all of the it was like Coursera or something like that. But there's some pretty good online courses out there that will walk you through the process. I mean, CCIM made it on that list. They've got a great online program. Um, so highly recommend checking those out. Now, on the financials of the properties, lending is very similar in commercial properties. Now, it may be more expensive, right? But let's talk about that. I've got that in quotes for a reason. So typically, when you're doing a multifamily asset, you're raising money for the down payment, and then you're raising additional funds for any renovations. Because from what I understand, and I could be totally wrong, but this is how my buddies who invest in, in apartment complexes, this is how they do it. Uh, they have to bring additional funds to the table to pay for that because they can't get a loan for it if they're doing Fannie and Freddie. Now, it may not just be Fannie and Freddie, maybe any multifamily lending program. Um, again, I'm not the expert on that sector. But in commercial real estate, you get to include any renovation costs in your total um, in your total loan amount. So instead of you know buying a property for a million dollars and then having to bring an additional hundred thousand dollars in cash to the table on top of your two hundred thousand dollar down payment for a multifamily deal, you would be able to bring, you know, twenty percent of one point one million to the table. So what is that? Two hundred and twenty thousand. So it might actually work out in your favor depending on how you decide to to shake the numbers out. Equity chases commercial just as much as multifamily, and. I will say that there is a fair amount of cash out there that is looking at commercial real estate right now coming out of multifamily because multifamily assets just aren't able to get higher returns at the moment, which makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, if you think about where we are in the economic cycle and with where uh, multifamily assets have gone over the last decade since syndication really became a big deal, you know, all of the 1980s, 90s, and early 2000s apartment complexes have been renovated just about as much as they can which means if you're buying the, the apartment complex today, there's not a whole lot for you to come in and do, right? They've already got relatively new countertops. They already added the amenities. There's no more meat on the bone. And, you know, because of that, I mean, I see a lot of investors flaunting, you know, 8% cash on cash returns and a 12% IRR. That sounds terrible to me. I mean, I wouldn't get out of bed for that. It's great, right? I mean, it's better than just putting it in the bank and letting it sit there. But, you know, if you're really wanting to push returns on your real estate projects and get the dollars back for the amount of time that you have to put into it, commercial real estate can be way better. You know, we uh, we just exited a um, property in downtown Chattanooga that we bought for 1.8 million in January of 2021. We were actually going to convert it into micro apartment uh, micro apartments, but we ended up getting an offer off market from another developer for 4.6 million in two and a half years because they wanted to do something else with it. So, you know, those opportunities just don't come along very often in the multifamily world. Now, of course, you will have somebody come in and just offer you a crazy amount for your apartments every now and then, especially if they're in a, a strong growth area. But, you know, I mean, we sold it for two and a half times what we bought it for in less than two and a half years. 
Um, so I will take those returns all day. We are typically aiming for a 20% annualized cash on cash return with a two times equity multiple over a five-year period. So that means if my investors give me $100,000, we're giving them back $200,000 in five years. That deal, um, since it closed out in two and a half years, we didn't quite get to the doubling your money, but we increased our investors' cash by about 60%. So it was 1.56 times equity multiple and a 24% annualized cash on cash return, which is pretty good. It's way better than the stock market, about twice, uh, twice as good. Um, and the return risk profile is similar to multifamily for commercial real estate, can often have higher returns, kind of like what I was just mentioning. Now, I will caveat that, that obviously multifamily is more stable, right? Um, especially if you're buying class A apartments in you know primo locations, but you're also not going to get good returns, typically. And I see decent shopping centers selling at 9% cap rates that are on you know a high traffic lighted intersection corner all the time. It happens all the time. Let's see, Kenny's saying, what type of business or liability insurance should the condo owners carry since the roof and structure are covered by HOA? And if we can charge this premium on the triple net tenant, thanks. Uh, Kenny, I'm not an expert on condos, so I wouldn't be able to um, really answer that question for you. I tend to stay away from them because I do not like condos as an investment. Um, that's really a factor of the homeowners association being able to tell you what you can and can't do with your property. And if enough people that have never had power before suddenly get on the board of your HOA, you could have a lot of problems. And, you know, if they have no idea how to how to budget for maintaining and repairing a roof or common areas, I can see some crazy things happening. You know, we did a condo development at the last firm that I was with back in, gosh, it's probably 2013. And uh, actually, it was before I came on board. And but we were still handling it, still selling units when I was there. And as soon as the developer handed over power of the HOA to the homeowners, they kicked out the insurance company that we had instituted, which had like a, I don't know, 20 or $30,000 deductible on the roof and like premium coverage and brought in a new guy that had like $150,000 deductible with less coverage just to spite the developer, I guess. I don't really understand that. But that's one of those crazy moves that, you know, hey, in, in five years, they're probably going to pay for that because, you know, hail is going to hit the roof or whatever. And there's going to be a lot of damage and they're going to have to have uh, an assessment on all of the uh, the owners in that property to help pay for that. So, but yes, you could pass that premium on to a triple net tenant if you want, but that's kind of why I tend to stay away from commercial condos. Let's talk about operations. This is probably one of the biggest questions that I get is leasing. Like, how does that work? How do I know who is going to actually come and lease this property from me? Like, yes, I mean, the commercial property is in a great location. It seems good, but I've never done this before. And I don't know how, like who would possibly take that? Well, that's where you lean on your brokerage team, right? If, you're, if you don't have any experience uh, in the commercial world, which you will gain very quickly just by surrounding yourself and networking and being with good people, then you are going to pick it up quickly. But if you don't have that, then lean on your brokerage team. They will tell you, hey, this is probably ideal for this, this type of tenant. You know, I mean, whenever my brokerage team goes in to, to get a listing appointment, we come in and say, hey, look, here's your tenant mix currently. You know, you've got a Target, a nail salon, and, um, you know, a, a daycare. But what we don't see here is a hair salon or a grocery store. So that's what we think is going to be ideal for this because 
you you know the center's already bringing the demographic here that would support something like that those tenants will probably see that and we'll be able to lease it to them better than we would be able to lease to anybody else right and so by leaning on your commercial real estate brokers you'll be able to understand like oh okay yeah 20 percent vacancy doesn't sound all that it's really not all that bad it's probably because the last owner was not easy to work with and he just didn't want to sign any leases or the last leasing team just didn't really work on it that much. I mean, I, you see that all the time in commercial real estate, which blows my mind. You'll see brokers that will put their sign up on a property. They'll put it up on LoopNet, and then they won't do anything else except for sit there and wait for a phone call to come in. And that is just not the way that brokerage is supposed to be done. And they shouldn't be getting paid 3% for that. So that's my thought on that. Uh, property management is pretty much the same in terms of just like the day-to-day -day operations. And it's actually less intense than apartments because you're not dealing with the place that people live, right? A lot of these businesses will take care of the issues within their own space. If there are toilet breaks, they're calling out a plumber because they don't have time for their employees or for their, their customers to deal with that. And they're just going to take care of it, especially if it's a triple net lease, you know, and the leases can determine who is whose responsibility it is and you as the landlord can say hey tenant that's on you so it, it makes things a lot easier and far less intense um, i mean you know i've got buddies that own apartment complexes and they still have to manage the manager whereas you know we have basically weekly calls um, but that's because i own the property management company i mean we send our owners like monthly updates and that's it they almost never hear from us because we take care of everything for them um, so far less is required from you as an investor um, than you would see in multifamily. Let's see. Hart, what's going on, man? Saying, what's up, Tyler? Can you touch on everything you were talking about, but starting with no experience on the multifamily side? Does this all apply from starting at zero as well? Um, yeah, Hart, it, it definitely does. I mean, you know, one thing that I would say is, is if you're already buying multifamily apartments, you've got the experience in finding deals, doing your due diligence, underwriting assets, and those are kind of the core tenants, core basics of understanding any type of commercial real estate. It doesn't really matter what it is. So as long as you know how to find the properties, how to conduct your due diligence and how to underwrite, you could buy any type of commercial real estate. You know, it just takes a little bit of research. So we've got plenty of videos out there on starting from like ground zero as a, as a real estate investor. I'm happy to do um, some more of those. If, if you have any specific questions that I could just answer in those videos, that'd be great. Um, and then also, you know, after I kind of talk about my parting advice, you're happy to answer any questions you've got um, on that topic. So here's some parting advice from me to you all as you're transitioning from the multifamily world to, uh, to commercial. Just start small. You can grow as you get experience. You know, it's the same as multifamily, right? You're not going to go start with a 250 unit apartment complex that has structured parking, you know, downtown. You're going to go buy a 10 or 20 unit deal out in the suburbs. And you should do the same with commercial. I mean, the first building that I ever bought was $575,000. Not that much. I raised $50,000 from two investors. That was all we needed. Um, and, you know, it was a 6,000 square foot building. It was completely vacant. So we took some risk there. But I knew that we could get that leased up because I had a leasing team and we could increase the value and sell it. And that's exactly what we did. Next is network and build relationships. Again, the exact same as the multifamily world. Go out to commercial real estate meetups, you know, take the CCIM classes, do them in person so you actually get to know people and really lean on your network. And, and don't just network, right? You know, there, uh, every time I go to these events, there's always somebody that's just throwing cards at you like a, a ninja from across the room. 
that's not going to go anywhere. Build real relationships with these people. You know, take them out for lunch, take them out for drinks, get to know them really well and build a relationship because that's how you can start to trust each other to start doing deals together. Consider finding an experienced commercial investor to partner with. You know, I, I almost never do a deal by myself, even though I've been doing this for 10 years. I still to this day will bring in partners on every single deal that we do because everybody brings in a different perspective. And also it helps with signing on the debt. Um, but it, it makes it so much easier. You know, if I'm going to do a hotel and I've never done a hotel before, well, guess what I'm doing? I'm finding a guy that does hotels and I'm going to bring him in as a partner. And even if it's just as an advisory role, I'm going to give him a part of the GP so that he can come in and advise me through this so that I don't have to learn that the stove is hot by touching it with my hand. He'll tell me everything that, you know, to avoid and, and what to do. And then, of course, lean on the experience that you already have. You've been doing multifamily. You've been underwriting. You've been finding deals. You've been operating deals. You've learned how to network with brokers. You know how to work with attorneys and CPAs to get all these deals set up. So just lean on the experience that you already have. It's, it's way easier than a lot of people think it is. What I think it comes down to is just an education um, or a lack of education, right? And that's not necessarily on the investor's part. There's just not that much information out there on commercial real estate. But I gave you guys some um, some places where you can do that. Of course, you can always schedule a consulting or coaching call with me if you want. Just go to calendly.com slash Tyler Cobble slash 30 men. Three zero M-I-N. I guess minutes short. I don't know why it does that. Um, I'm happy to, to kind of coach you through it. Um, otherwise, there you have it. For transitioning from multifamily to commercial real estate, that's very pertinent in this market today with where we are, with where interest rates are, and multifamily being as expensive as it is. Hope you guys have a good week and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast brought to you by CS Business Screen, the premier choice for de-risking real estate partnerships. Head on over to csbusinessscreen.com slash cobble for 20% off your first investigation.